Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking to the lovely Linda Stevens, who is a little ball of energy. Um, she has, as the past 15 years, Linda has helped hundreds of women to understand, adapt and love their hormonal bodies. She specialises in pelvic floor, posture issues, using her unique blend of insights, ancient yoga tools and modern biomechanics is enable midlife women to shine. Being perimenopausal herself and knowing firsthand how hormone changes can affect both mental and physical function, Linda is passionate about empowering women, empowering others with the latest science and tailored practices. Um, which she's a mum of three. Um, she has obviously her own business, which is called Yoga Mums, and she has um, a wealth of knowledge that she's going to be sharing with us today. Um, so I would like to welcome the wonderful Linda, and we're going to be talking about your core. Is your core? She says it better than me. This, this is bad. <laughs> um, your core, as in your core health, is your core wealth. And she explains that a lot better than me. Welcome, Linda. How are you today? So nice to see you. I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Good, good, good. You always look so bright and breezy. I mean, you're like a little bit older than me. And you always, uh, I always feel like you look, I don't know, so polished and like 20 years younger than me. <laughs> I'll send my check in the mail later. Yeah, you can send, no, I'll pay you, yeah. Put a smile on the dial, put a smile on the dial, you know. <laughs> um, so you're obviously doing something right, right? Because obviously you're practicing what you preach. Now you're very passionate about empowering others with, you know, whatever it needs to get them to an optimum health position. And obviously you specialize in working with women, but what, where did that journey start? What makes you, why are you so passionate? So I would say I used to be what I call a man in a skirt. Yeah. So okay. I worked, yeah, I worked in uh, television. Um, I worked at Biscarby here in England, Foxtel in Australia. I my career defined me. I was Linda Wilmot, senior producer. You know, I, I that's how I introduced myself. And then uh, after fifteen years of being in that creative industry and and working stupidly hard, pushing through exhaustion, basically keeping up with the boys because I had to be better than them. Yeah and um and I gave it as good as I got it and I was I was yeah a, 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 what I call a bloke in a skirt I didn't ever wear skirts but then I ended up having two my first two children very close together just 14 months apart both uh the first one uh a, a, a cesarean birth six weeks early when I was running around the edit suites doing the digital launch in Australia and and Sophie came um, and that was really traumatic. I was put in the ICU for the first 12 hours of her life. And then 14 months later, Patrick was born and I had a VBAC, which was for me very empowering to have a vaginal birth after um, that first cesarean. But I had been planning to get back to work. Like in my head, it was just like, I've got to get back to work. I've, you know, I, I'm losing who I am. I've got to get back to work. And then the universe was like, well, actually, no, you're going to have another baby. <laughs> so I, I was then in a situation where I had two premature babies my son was incredibly ill I was in hospital a lot with him when he was little and um and I was in a very dark space and I was going through a grieving process kind of lo having lost who I thought I was does that make sense to you I, can't I got made redundant when I was 14 weeks pregnant um yeah. I was unemployed I, I had my job title as a regional sales manager and I worked really hard to get there after, you know, very little qualifications at school, et cetera, et cetera. And then I couldn't get a job uh, when I was pregnant because I looked massive. No one would employ you. The recession was announced. So there were no jobs in financial services anyway. Um, and then I was trying to get a job as an, you know, overqualified outside of financial services. Um, I completely lost all of my identity. And I, I, I worked so hard for that label, like I said, sense of identity. And I, I used to use the language like just a mum. And now I know that is actually the most important job out of all my jobs. 
um in, and in the hardest <laughs> and the hardest yeah and the least paid yeah. <laughs> um, I remember trying to say this to my dad I'm like do you know I used to work till two three in the morning regularly to get stuff on air you know regularly and I'll be I used to think crikey having a baby must be super I'll just what I'll do is I'll just I'll come into an edit suite and I'll breastfeed and she'll sleep in the corner and then I'll carry on and that'll be me and I can maybe even take her on location and yeah that'd be good um oh my god my <laughs> babies didn't respond my babies didn't didn't follow that script at all. No. So um, yeah, so I, I I got to a point where I was in a very dark place. Um, at that moment, I was gifted an epiphany. I won't go into the whole story of why, but basically, I heard I literally heard a voice saying, "This is your rope out of here." When I heard about this yoga teacher training, and um, because of my experiences with birth, I you know I did a year post grad training. Um, to become a yoga teacher I'd already been teaching for I was sort of practicing for 10 years prior to that so it wasn't a new thing to me um, and I went straight into specializing in women's health so did further training in pre and postnatal um, started yoga mums you know really enjoying that and then and then ended up having my third baby at 40 ended up birthing after four months on bed rest and birthing with a broken pelvis couldn't walk uh deep diving into pelvic floor rehab and yes yeah so that and I you know one of those things that when they say the strength of a woman if I could live through that and keep conscious during that I can do anything you know that's that's the the strength the baby broke your pelvis no my pubic bone had completely split beforehand so I was I but I stupidly birthed with that condition not recommended at all um But the rehab after that, learning to rehabilitate um, whilst, you know, without surgery. Yeah. Basis of everything that I teach now. And now, of course, now I'm in perimenopause, going through menopause myself and uh, experientially realizing as well as, you know, knowledge wise, realizing that when we come into this life phase and our essential hormones, our progesterone and our estrogen start to diminish and then completely deplete from our ovaries, we often find that pelvic floor issues that we experience from birth come back. And even those women who haven't had pregnancies um, will find that, well, a good 80% of us will find that pelvic floor issues become a real problem. So my drive uh, to help women in midlife to stay strong, uh, feel good, is is all about um, enabling us to carry on in a very patriarchal workforce so that we can still make our mark and that stuff that happened, which for many of us is still wrapped up in shame, feelings of shame, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Why did my body fail me, etc.? All of that stuff can be uh, faced, if you like, dealt with, accepted, and we can use. You know, there are so many things that I teach, um, information as well as techniques that I teach that to help women get to a place where actually their body's great, you know, and feel good. And and I, I need some of that. <laughs> You're I very welcome to join my class, Rebecca. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might. I mean, I yeah. can totally see why, you know, so then you didn't go back and work in media. You had three kids, right? And you realised that wasn't going to work. No, but you know what? Um, Actually, the creativity that I used to have in television, I can, I bring that into my classes, you know? So mm-hmm. I weave in the, 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 the lights and the darks and the shades and the, in the messaging, et cetera, into the classes. So we can have creative expression in different ways. Yeah. Um, and so for me now, the empowering women and being able to be a stand for women is is really actually been my driving force through my whole life like when I was before like I said I was a bit of a man in a skirt I was suppressing that side of me that was very feminine because I didn't feel like I could be feminine in and be successful yeah and it's kind of not ironic but it's it's poetry in motion really that now you know what makes us women that's what I teach about our bits and pieces you know yeah it's all about the, the, pelvis, <laughs> the pelvic area yeah. yeah definitely and so where do you see when you're talking to clients or um 
you know, obviously this podcast is about a wealth and accelerating our wealth. So it makes complete sense to highlight the fact that our health can have a, a massive impact on our money. And I'm yeah. not about, you know, having the biggest Ferrari on your street. That's not when I talk about wealth. I'm just talking about even basic financial security, um, you know, that peace of mind um, that you've, you know, you're, you can retire well enough and at a time that you want to retire um, that you can give to your family. So I'm not talking about wealth in a sort of, um, you know, a, a grandiose kind of, you know, way that you can go and live in the Ritz and, you know, take a, a yacht around the world. I'm just talking in the, to empower women with their money in general. Um, so how is poor health affecting women's wealth, do you think? So um, I literally have just come off some one-to-one calls this morning from women whose lives are massively impacted by the pelvic floor issues they're experiencing in midlife. One has taken early retirement. She's had to leave work. She felt she had to leave work. Uh, I wish she had found me, talked to me, or a good pelvic floor physiotherapist before this. Um, she um, is is leaking. She's finding that even going from sit to stand, she she's having leakage, etc. Um, she has got prolapse, which is most women after fifty will have a, some degree of prolapse organs, which was when the the bladder or the bowel or the uterus are dropping down into the vaginal canal, and that can affect your continence. Well, she was feeling like she couldn't show up work. Thanks, for that, Linda. What was that? The- <laughs> that's, that's something to look forward to. Thank, thanks, Linda. <laughs> well, there's so much we can do to prevent and also maintain okay. and and make symptoms much, much better. The fact is that if you don't know about this stuff, no, quite, you can inadvertently make things so much worse yeah. by, um, you know, running when you're leaking and going well I'm just gonna I'm more concerned about the the tummy tire that's that's developing I'm gonna start running not realizing that that's actually putting intra-abdominal pressure down on a weakened pelvic floor it's going to make things worse you know so if you know how to exercise in midlife if you know how to to attain great midlife fitness and you don't try and do what you did when you're in your 20s and your 30s which literally doesn't work now um you know, you, there's so much, you, it's just knowledge, knowledge is power. But yeah. what I'm saying is that, um, you know, this woman has left paid employment because she felt she couldn't show up in the way that she wanted to. And there's so much shame tied up in that. Yeah. I talked wow. to another lady this morning whose husband wants to go on these big hikes. He wants to go and do the Milford Track and things in New Zealand. And she's like, I can't, because I need to know where the, lo- the closest toilet is. Yeah. So yeah. I can't I can't do this thing with my husband that he really wants to do. And I would love to do it because of this. And that's crazy. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's crazy. So I feel like our the wealth means well-being. So the etymology of the word wealth is welly. It is your your well-being, your health literally is your wealth. If we can't, if if our if we feel our bodies are letting us down to the extent that we have to give up work, we have to give up doing things that help our relationship to stay strong. We're not, we're not able to be with our children in the way we'd like to, then that's not wealth. It doesn't matter how big your pension pot is, does it? You know, it, it doesn't matter. It's so important, in my opinion, to make sure that you have got the foundations right. And for women in particular, the foundation of your core is your pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor is the beginning part of your deep core um, stability system. So if you've got a weak or a tight, which is weak, pelvic floor, you're going to end up with lower back pain. Yeah, you are. You're going to end up with uh, core instability, um, a feeling of being sort of just, yeah, out of balance, not, not, not strong. And I feel like when we have that core strength, and we can move from a place of feeling grounded and strong and stable. And we can trust ourselves. And we can trust our body. Then we can go out and shine in the world. Then we can go out and be the best podcast maker, you know, financial <laughs> director, you know, um, television person, yoga teacher, whatever. We can do all of our things that are going to impact the world, but not if we don't have a feeling of 
um, good relationship with ourselves, trust in ourselves and a core meaning in my language, pelvic floor and deep core yep. muscles that are strong. And that's why I always say your core health is your core wealth. That's that's love why it. I say that little saying. Love it. I love it. And I can certainly resonate with that. You know, I've had uh, two babies. Um, I have, I struggle I'm I'm rub I'm rubbish at fitness. I'm really not that that kind of person. Oh, I, sorry, I need to reframe that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say I find working out. I'm I'm fine on like walking or my running machine or horse riding or going for walks, taking the dog for a walk, that kind of thing. But I, I love certain types of movement and fitness. I love that kind of movement. Yeah. But I struggle with other kinds of movement, and I just find that um do the stuff you love so I've got I've had a rotated pelvis from a riding accident Ah. um so I'm never quite sure if it's in the right place or not I've been to a chiropractor and they basically tell me you need to you need to build up on you need to build on that um Mm. it affects my riding at, at times not all the time but at times um I'm if I go to go and like work out I find it um just like physically painful not because I'm because I'm unfit really because I've had the babies and because I've had those riding accidents to do certain things I find I'm I'm very strong in certain areas like because you have strong thighs when you're a rider right but there's other things that you know if you ask me to do a plank for example I would literally be sweating within probably about 10 seconds um and And my core is you know your your core health and that that incorporates the pelvis which is the center part of our body it connects the the legs to the torso and the arms and the head yeah. if your pelvis is skewed yeah, yeah. mucks up your posture mucks up exactly. your mechanism you're not and i sort of end up like clicking here there and everywhere because i've got a bit of a shoulder issue and it, it I, I totally can see where you're like what you're saying um yeah. and I, I I know that when I felt stronger, I've I don't know. You just feel more. You just feel more empowered, don't you? you feel pa- more powerful, I guess. When more you're not feeling great about yourself, and you're not eating very well, and you're not being healthy. I mean, you are incredibly healthy. I've been to your house. Like I wish I could come to your house and have lunch every day. It was like you made this beautiful. Come on lunch. retreat with me, and you'll you'll get you'll 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 eat like a queen. But you're, you're so all good with all, like all the. But your husband is too. Like he's really good at making but stuff. But sweetheart, it's it's you know he used to when I met him he used to smoke and drink a lot. <laughs> I, used to, I used to drink a ton. You know, we as we know better, we do better. You know, as we learn better, as we get to know our bodies better, as we start to get tuned into the body, we can feel when things are just off. We can feel when things don't don't resonate with the cells of our body. Yeah, no. So it's a it's a journey. It's not like one day you're here and the next day you're there. No. Um, and so I I offered to women that through perimenopause, it's an extraordinary transition time when we're literally setting ourselves up for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I is really noticing how many people's languaging is extraordinarily negative. You know, as far as I can't do this or I hate this, da da da. And even just starting with that recognition of how we talk to ourselves and making a decision that day by day, chip by chip, we're going to start changing it to being, you know, uh, we call this a sankalpa in yoga. Your your intention is, you know, breath by breath, I feel more energized or, you know, um, circle by circle, my pelvis is loosening. You know, day by day, I'm getting better posture and not going, but I hate running. I don't care if you hate running, don't run. You know, I love hiking. I love hiking. Why do I love hiking? I love hiking because I'm in nature and I feel vibrant and I can feel my body, you know, getting stronger as I go up a hill or whatever. You know, you, you focus on the things that I love riding. Well, riding's fantastic. You know, you mo- as long as you're standing well, you're sitting well, your pelvis yes. is, is sitting well, that's fabulous movement, pelvic floor, good vascular flow, brilliant. Maybe do some stretches afterwards, which will help release any tension that's accumulated from, from sitting in a position for a while. Yeah. All doable. But then it's like, yay, I'm gifting myself this thing, which is not only 
enlivening me because I love horses, but it's also doing me a lot of good. And guess yeah. what? Your body goes, yay, she's she's giving me positive feedback. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do more of that thing. I always say to women, let's get you fit to run. Don't run for fitness. Yeah. Because if your body is all skew if and your glutes are really weak and your pelvic floor is tight and therefore weak, if your quadriceps are too tight and your hamstrings are too weak, if your calves are really super tight, if you're you're poking your head forward and your shoulders are rolling forward, then you add the impact of running on a road on top of all of that skeletal mess, you're going to end up with uh, you know stress incontinence okay. issues knees yeah. issues hip issues long-term hip replacement no like yeah. respect the vessel the vessel is your ability to live this lifetime through yeah this yeah. is it why do this we abuse it? it exactly that's the big profound question why do we yeah i think it's different for everybody right mine's sugar i'm a nightmare of sugar um you know and i i like today we're recording this it's half past three half past one sorry yeah. um i'm getting a haircut in an hour and a half yeah um, and so when, by the time we finish this recording i will have some time but i'm also thinking i've then got to get back get the kids and it'll be dark so do i walk the dog for between now and that hairdresser appointment because otherwise he won't get walked and he's a nightmare if you don't but yeah. then what am I going to eat? Because I haven't eaten yet. And I haven't, haven't eaten any lunch, lunch yet. What did you I have? Haven't, I haven't had any lunch. I haven't eaten since breakfast. What did you have for breakfast? I feel like this is like a one-to-one that I'm sharing yeah, with you. No, it's fine. I'm for breakfast. Okay, I'll be brave. Um, so I was just trying, I, I like to try and give examples because I think otherwise we end up sort of talking in these sort of speculative examples, like not examples, speculative sort of situations. And, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We're all, we're all up to the same kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. It's either alcohol, mind sugar kind of stuff. Um, so I had um, like non-sugary, just plain granola stuff. There's no sugar, no extras in it with uh, blueberries, raspberries, um, seeds, um, different kinds of seeds. Um, sometimes I have nuts in there and a yogurt. Okay, so um, I would say get yourself eggs and, yeah. you know, um, some vegetables, etc. but primarily protein. Give yourself a big burst of protein first thing plus good fats. So we need... Um, omega-3 good fats in order to produce hormones right our adrenals once our ovaries start to shut up shop so cholesterol good cholesterol is the precursor to pregnenolone which is the precursor to progesterone and estrogen if you're depriving your body of essential good fats you're not going to produce those hormones you're going to feel exhausted you're going to have insulin spikes and you're going to be needing to eat carbs chocolate sweets later on in the day so okay. give yourself good um you know 25 to 30 grams of protein for breakfast nice. and again for for lunch a good you know like a, a piece of salmon yeah or you know, avocado uh, no 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 i'm not vegetarian no you're okay. vegetarian okay so that's more challenging and i would say talk to a clinical nutritionist to make sure you're getting in the the amounts of protein that we need in midlife can I just yeah. take a protein shake? Um, pea protein that you can get in protein shakes is okay. It's nothing compared to the amino acids and the protein and the you know all the vitamins and minerals that you get from um, animal protein. Yeah. Every so you need to be if you're vegetarian or vegan, it's it is a ton harder to get the nutrients in to stop you craving then the carbs, which is yeah. essentially what you get from the sugars. Um, because you're so exhausted. So, um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, if somebody was thinking about becoming a vegetarian in midlife, I'd say not no. now, not now. Yeah. It's too, we, we are, we need protein and we re we really need protein to build muscle fibers, especially yeah. now. Um, okay. However, if you are already and it's it's a something yeah, eight nine nine of, years yeah. yeah so so I would say talk to I mean I've got lots of I've done lots of interviews with some brilliant clinical nutritionists so there's information on those 
uh, those those uh, interviews yeah. or talk to somebody because um you're you're not going to help you're not going to kick that sugar habit which is important um if you don't get enough protein into your diet got it um, I get the message okay thank you Lin- mummy linda <laughs> bossy, bossy, bossy. sorry i'm yeah. not a very good coach because i'm quite sort of like direct no i like yeah. that uh, i think, I think <laughs> we need that though, right because we we make excuses we um find distractions um, and it only sometimes I mean not, not when it's too late I hope it's not too late but for some women I imagine it's a bit you know a lot of damage is already done by drinking I, I honestly believe there's nothing we can't I say undo because obviously if you had severe damage in birth or you've had childhood traumas whatever you know you can't just scrub the past but you can mitigate the influence of the past on your body and your brain and your mind now and, and, you know, as Brené Brown said, you know, this is midlife is when the universe comes and taps you on the shoulder and says, I'm not mucking around anymore. This is it. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you know that you have got your body is craving sugar, it's because your insulin is spiking all over the place. Well, guess what? You're going to start getting a big band of unhelpful fat around your tummy. Um, this is not healthy at all. And you need to do something about it. And yeah. you can do something about it. It means changing your diet, learning how to eat properly, um, changing the way you exercise. In midlife, you do not want to be doing big chunks of cardio, et cetera, et cetera. It just means your adrenals are going to be pumping out more cortisol, more adrenaline, and not the progesterone and estrogen that they could be producing. So yeah. learning how to change your fitness, learning how to eat well, prioritizing sleep uh learning how to go into deep states of relaxation all of this is it's core health it's essential health and like i said that's that's your wealth 100 percent. so if you have someone like someone's listening to this and they're like okay well how do i how where do i start look I, i'm feeling motivated here i want want my um i want to either make sure that I'm healthier because I've had some situations with bad births and I want to improve my pelvic floor or, you know, I've got problems with my knees or I feel like I'm overweight or, you know, I know I think I'm perimenopausal, but the doctor keeps telling me I'm fine. Um, or you're maybe of a later age where you, you are menopausal. Um, maybe you're struggling, you know, with energy or thinking about reducing your hours, your, you know, what, whatever the situation is. And you're, you know, it might be that you just want to get healthier and just feel better. Um, mm-hmm. And it might mean that might make you go for that job promotion. It might make, make you uh, ask more questions at work about why you haven't had a pay rise in three years, or it might allow you to, you know, go and start that business because you're feeling better about yourself, whatever it whatever it is, wherever someone's starting, what sort of top three tips would you give them to where to start? Because it can feel so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, the reason I started the Women's Wellbeing.me platform was because despite all of the knowledge I have built up over these last 15 years or so, when I was at that peak perimenopausal time, so this is in 2019, um and at that stage people didn't tend to doctors didn't know much about perimenopause as opposed to the moment of menopause itself um and I had a fair bit of knowledge theoretically but at that stage not experientially yeah and I was hitting an extremely stressful point of my life I was trying to push through and take on more work in order to alleviate financial pressures at home um and I ended up having a full-blown breakdown, yeah? And coming out of that and um, doing all the work because I knew how to, and I had the contacts with what I do to do all the work. On the back of that, I set up womenswellbeing.me because I recognized that there, at, the, at that time, there wasn't a one-stop shop where you could get appropriate woman-centric, midlife woman-centric GP advice that, from a GP who's trained in specific perimenopausal health or clinical nutrition advice from somebody who absolutely knew what happens with the hormones and how that affects our metabolism, uh, classes that, uh, and, and, you know, midlife fitness is what I call it, um, 
yoga, exercise therapy, biomechanics, all of the stuff which helps to get us in alignment, you know, releasing tension patterns that are really destructive, learning how to properly activate and release the pelvic floor muscles, strengthen deep core, get our balance back, you know, uh, strengthen bones, all of those things that are so important. Everyone's going, do your lifestyle changes, do your lifestyle changes, then look at HRT learn about modern HRT, do all of that stuff. Well, I was just like, I, I'm having to spend a hell of a lot of money going to all these different places to get all this different information. And and that's somebody with my experience. I found it really, really hard, especially when I was depleted and overwhelmed and not able to think straight. Um, so I would say, first of all, give yourself a break. Like it's not just you, it's all of us. Second of all, um, outsource, yeah? So when you're at your lowest, you don't have the mental capacity to do all of that stuff. Like yeah. ask for help from somebody like, there's other people like me, ask for some help from somebody like me, have a one-to-one, -one, understand where you need to start, where the most primary thing for you is learn about nutrition in midlife, yeah? There's so much information, well, Again, you might want to just come to somebody like me who's got that information. Um, and so once you've got the knowledge, learn about what's happening with your body. Like have somebody look at your posture, understand what's happening with your pod, uh, pelvic floor so they can give you a little bit of a bespoke um, pathway. This is where you need to start. So I say to ladies, know thyself. And if you need to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist and understand what's actually going on with your pelvic floor do that spend the 150 pounds or whatever it is see somebody who is mummy mot certified find out what, if you've got a cytoseal a rectoseal uh, you know what type of prolapse you might have is your episiotomy start scar starting to come apart slightly you know is your urgency yeah but once we lose our estrogen episiotomy starts you know deep tears etc right. so most women end though. up having issues <laughs> yeah. but but this, I know about it. The lady I was talking to yesterday didn't know about uh, pelvic estrogen cream. Didn't know about it. I was like, how how many times have you seen your GP about this? This is literally one of the safest things on the market. It's not systemic. It doesn't go into the bloodstream. But putting uh, very low dose estrogen cream onto episiotomy scar tissue can be life changing. You know, having estrogen around the bladder to, to calm the detrusive muscles can be life-changing if urgency and urgent incontinence is a problem. So, um, yeah, seeing a pelvic floor physiotherapist if you need to, know thyself, knowing what you are dealing with, and then being able to get the information, the fitness uh, pathway, if you like, for yourself, um, sorting out your sleep basically realizing you're no longer 20 or 30 and that's not a bad thing you know except down, this, right? this phase is 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 a transition to what could be an extraordinary second spring and that's what it's called in other and that's what i'm setting up myself up for so i'm talking to somebody that's joining my company who's gonna help me with new clients um so that i don't have as much pressure to be delivering to new clients all the time I don't like turning people away. I don't like saying we can't help them. Um, it's there's a lot of financial advisors that aren't taking on clients. That, that we're, we're like a lot of financial advisors are at maximum capacity. Um, so I'm taking on um some amazing, she's an amazing lady who's very experienced, but worked in a bank for a long time. So you know, plug. It's just like a win-win. It's like a plug-in to to what we're doing, which will mean that I can take more time off during the week without having to have more new clients added to my diary and the team saying, "Well, when am I going to fit this person in?" Um, and you know, I'm I'm more than happy to talk to people, but it might be that someone in the team might actually take over the the nitty gritty long term relationship, um, because it 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 does take a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of um emotions, and making sure we're looking after people. So um, I'm I'm sort of setting myself up for that, so I can then give myself the time, which I'm mm. in a real privileged position to do. Like I have worked 13 years on my business to do it. I do recognise that, you know, I've gone through the the late nights working until midnight. Um, and then getting up at four o'clock in the morning because the baby won't sleep and, you know, having to give cow pole to help the baby sleep because, you know, I just got some work to get done or, you know, trying to beg, borrow and steal, um, you know, friends to help 
with childcare, yeah. so I can go to a networking event. You name it, I've done it. Yeah. Um, so I've I've, I've done I've done the graft, um, and I'm I'm but I recognise I'm I am in that privileged position right now to set myself up so that when I am. I'm not I'm, I'm 43 I'm not turning 50 but so when I am at that point of 50 that I'm not at that burnout point and yeah but definitely I knew I do I recognize I hear what you're saying I do there's things there's more to be done and I'm looking at your actual well-being women's well-being um dot me pathway website and I mean I know you're not here to picture anything but there's a massive amount of uh, information on here and it sounds like a really good value for money um it's open at the moment right and it's 50- no it's actually it's actually closed at the moment so I will be opening for Christmas I will be having a little okay. opening so and if you like I can I can I can send you a sneaky little thing to send your listen. yeah that'd be great that'd be lovely yeah, I mean I hope if, if it's one person that's listening I do have more than one person listening to my phone <laughs> can I just listen to you then do you know what actually the primary thing that I try and say to women and and I wish somebody had said this to me um well actually there's a few primary things but this is the primary primary thing is this stage of life I don't believe so when you're between say 40 and 50 I don't believe this is the time of life to be pushing yourself pushing yourself pushing yourself I believe this is a time of life when we want to start to consolidate try and patch up the the colander you know we have maybe if we visualize our energy like a colander and it's all just been pouring out pouring out pouring out this is a stage where you do the understanding work you know the acceptance the understanding the percolating the the patching up etc so that just like you described so that when we do get into that second spring which is essentially when our hormones our progesterone and estrogen are lower yes but but not um fluctuating madly and therefore disparate against each other we they are much more evenly balanced and so we can go into the second phase of our lives not deeply depleted and exhausted etc yeah and we can have what they call the second spring but if you push through between 40 and 50 and you don't do what you're doing and you don't go okay I have to carve out time to calm my adrenals down to spend time in the parasympathetic nervous system to unwind destructive stress and tension patterns so we know that stress literally equals dis-ease this is the time that you've got to do the work to mitigate later on issues and if you can get to the mental state where you're accepting that you're no longer 20 and 30 and that's okay in fact it's not it's better than okay you have got decades now of wise woman, you know, experiential knowledge that you are going to be able to take out into the world, but not if in this decade you burn out and you keep pushing through and don't learn the lessons that I, I think that the universe wants us to learn. And I, I also you know the world that. needs women. We need feminine energy. We need wise older women's feminine energy our patriarchal world is so broken we can't rely on young women to do this we've got to do this we've got to do this okay. yeah once we, our children have left home but what not so here's the question like as you're talking in that sort of context is you know we we fought for equality um you know we've fought to you know go to work and have our own bank accounts and you know like there's a lot of women that have do have it all you know we you know i, I pick up the kids from school i drop them off um, you know, I would say I'm pretty much financially independent if I needed to be. I, I could be. Um, I've chosen not to be. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Um, but there are a lot of single women that don't have a choice. They have to work. They have to push through because they're they're on their own. Um, they might have got might be late women in later life who have divorced and therefore they're having to work later because they've sort of been lost out. Um yeah. But there's also a lot of women who, um, you know, in families, they're having to go return to work because families these days need two household income. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so you've got like like different scenarios for different things, but we've got an awful lot of pressure now on women. Like it almost feels like, and I don't want things to go back to they were in the 1950s, but for women, um, I'm not sure we're always being the case that we're actually getting happier because mm. I've heard reports, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard reports that women are 
less happy than what they were mm -hmm. in the 1950s when we weren't working. We were just, I say just a mum, because that's like, I've used that, that's wrong, completely wrong. I've used it my, on myself. Um, but we just had to worry about the dinner on the table, keeping the house ticking over. Now, this day and age, doing that in itself with the amount of social pressures that we have compared to the 1950s, you know, kids clubs, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, little Jimmy going to football club, uh, you know, I've got horses, for example, all, all of that is 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 much that much more than the 1950s. More opportunity, great, but where to from a well-being perspective in terms of opportunity our health and our well-being if we're struggling to carve out that time do you do you think people should make big life changes and big big decisions or I mean I, I'm not really I'm not sure what question I'm really asking you here but yeah, let, let me answer what I think you're asking me I don't necessarily believe in equality I believe in equity yeah so I believe that we need to start changing this world but we can't do that if we're knackered, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think that um, we got to control the controllables. There's so much out of our control, and um, because of the way that our world has been constructed in a patriarchal way, because it's been, literally been built by men who have regular every 15 minutes they get a testosterone um, surge, yeah. and so they are able to what we would call push through, push through, push through, push through, because hormonally, that's how they're designed. They are able to uh, think about one thing at a time and uh, focus on that thing. Whereas we are, we have all the tabs. So we have all the tabs open all the time. And so I think that if we recognize that as women, we are not less than by any means, but looking for yeah, this word equity, where the way we are as hormonal beings is different than the way men are as hormonal beings, and going into a phase of acceptance, like it might be that we literally do have to change the work that we choose to do so that we can work, say, within our, if we're still cycling regularly, within our month, we can do most of that month's work within say the first um week of when we're having our period in the in the week after that um and then knowing that the week or so before our next period we're probably not going to be able to do on it sharp focused work we're going to have to do more of the a lot of rest and more of the creative work etc cetera, etc cetera. um choosing opportunities that allow us or choosing employers that allow us to be a little bit more flexible with how we produce how we work um learn i would say learning about how your system works in perimenopause so that in the one hour that you've got off in the week to do some exercise or movement for you you're not necessarily if you're stressed out and you are not sleeping well um you've got young children for example you're not going right in that one hour i've got to lose weight so i'm going to go to a hit class that's mm -hmm. literally pouring gasoline on the fire yeah so yeah. instead you might break it up so every five minutes every morning you get up earlier and five minutes every morning you're doing um you know i've got a the bathroombootcamp.com which is free and it's just um uh key posture and pelvic floor exercises to tack onto a loo break you might do you know some exercises from that before you jump in the shower you might do five or ten minutes of slow movement and meditation to calm your adrenals down, to get yourself into a state that you make better choices with food, with um, just being in tune with when you're getting into that fuzzy, too exhausted stage when you can feel the adrenaline pushing, yeah? And rather than reaching for an extra coffee, you're like, what I really, really need right now is to take a walk around the block, you know, or take a lunch break where I'm, I'm, I'm driving to the park and just spending some time in trees for five minutes. So... It's yeah, I'd say it's controlling the controllables, recognizing that we do live in a world that is not set up for our hormones. And what can we do about it so that we can achieve equity and acceptance and love for the human, the female human form and biology and stop pushing against it. Stop pushing against the shut doors 
and start going for the doors that open easily. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. So then the, the things that I've, I spoke about, like, you know, creating more space for myself, reducing my hours a little bit, um, you know, looking at ways that I can eat more healthily, looking at ways to get some more exercise, you know, but I've got, I've got to create the space for it, the headspace for it first. So um, uh, that, that kind of thing. And focusing on the things that I really enjoy. And actually I still just get, I still get my work done. It's just, I'm, I'm not, you know, flat out, you know, um, I, I mean, like last week, uh, but when I wasn't feeling very well a couple of weeks ago, I, I possibly spent probably about 15 hours that week, just baffing, you know, like just baffing because I wasn't really, I was just, I felt like I had to be at work at my desk. So because the kids are at school. So if the kids are at school, I'm working. So I'd go and sit at my desk and I would just scroll on my phone or read some emails and do all the easy stuff that's bought, like just easy because I just but I didn't want to open up a client file and actually get into it because I just didn't have the headspace but yeah. rather than going Rebecca you don't have the headspace for this right now go yeah. for a walk go and watch some telly go go and find a go and do a meditation go and do a yoga class go and do something else and then say to yourself right you've got a call at, at one you you can come go and have lunch at 12 and then after that call at one then go and work on that case for half just for half an hour and like yeah. rather than talking to myself in that kind of context I'm like no I must sit here and work <laughs> because the the mummy gill the work gill the whole like the, yeah the bad habits from when I was having to push through I needed to work yeah. to work, yeah. work, work, work. um it's there. an unwinding darling it's taken me well I would because crikey I remember when soap was the first born a premature baby I was feeding her every two hours day and night and yet you know they say sleep when the baby's sleeping well not that she ever actually slept but you know rather than at that stage this was 18 years ago I rather than going and doing a yoga nidra or resting for I would be like in my brain I was still in you should be working and producing for eight hours a day to be a to be a worthwhile validated <laughs> yeah so, and it's seeped into I unless I'm producing or if I'm not producing, I'm making a meal for somebody or I'm doing, I was in that sort of, unless I'm producing, I am no good, you know, equating busyness yeah. with worthiness. Yeah. So I would be sitting there, you know, if she did sleep, I'd be like, I've got to clean the dishes or I know somebody who's just moved house. I need to make them a casserole. I was, I was in that ridiculous oh, mode. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And so yeah. it's, it's taken me, a, there's a journey. I'm certainly not somebody who's perfect at all. But now I'm just like, do you know what? I'm 52 and I quite like myself now. I don't, I was out of balance. I don't think, I don't, I did not like myself back then at all. I might've loved that. Added, I, love that. I didn't like myself very much. So we all need to basically love and like ourselves and be more Linda. That's what and, I And be enjoy. You just said, do what you enjoy. Enjoy, the word enjoy is being enjoy. So put in more stuff that you enjoy. Yeah. Like what they, I love this expression. It's a, it's a, eastern expression where you know rather than trying to take out deprive yourself of the the, the sugar and no more alcohol and no more coffee and got to do more hit classes and taking out things instead start filling up the bucket with more joy and you're going to find that the bucket starts to fill 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 fill, fill. and then you start pouring over because you've got so much joy you start to being able to give to other people but if we're constantly pulling out pulling out pulling out our bucket's just empty so start doing meeting up with girlfriends that you really enjoy their company you come away you feel buzzy rather than those people that you come away going shit you know Absolutely. and start you know spending more time with the horses and you know making dates with your hubby and and going for walks in nature and you know um enjoying a glass of really good wine as opposed to a bottle of chino uh, yes exactly so doing things that bring you joy more consciousness more of that, that like. conscious things that bring you joy love that i love that well i've really enjoyed our chat today and i hope women that are listening you've got something from um this you know linda's so very very knowledgeable at what she does and uh, actually sometimes i talk to her and i think oh my god there's, is there, there's more that she knows like there's just so much knowledge there and um, that i didn't even know like, i've known linda for quite a few years years now and every time you're like oh my god you blow me away every time um so i'm going to check out i'm going to sign up for your um your subscribe button on your um, www.womenswellbeing.me 
I've got it's on... closed right now, so I, but but I will give you I'll a little subscribe because then I'll, I'll get give you a little stuff. back entry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah if, you, if you can send me a link, I'll, I'll maybe I'll pop it on the the show notes for everybody. Um, and yeah, I think that would be. It sounds like it's great because it's got classes. Um, yep. it's live got... class with me. This is the thing. I, it's nice because you you know today it's horrible, rainy, cold outside. So normally I'd be having to drive in, park, get all the gear. Whereas I can just go and teach. I get to talk to everyone beforehand. I find out, oh, such and such got a bad shoulder, such and such, yeah, her glute is really hurting. So I can incorporate all the stuff into class that I need to. Yeah. We get to all say, hi, 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 have a great day. You know, I love your haircut and that kind of thing. So it's yoga classes. Um, you do do it. There's a bit about hip blast classes as well. Yeah, so I, I, I teach my woman's wellbeing pathway one two three so these are different classes that look after different aspects of perimenopausal symptoms yeah so um i've i've split them all up so that we can you can easily go well i'm somebody who's super stressed super tense right now i can't sleep so i'm like you could do this class and then you go into the chill out space and in the chill out space there's lots of those classes guided meditations and there's a quick library as well 30 20 and 10 minutes and under yoga and exercise therapy uh, sequences, po- expert podcast, plus a Facebook group um, and a live Q&A with Linda. Yeah, sounds good. And it's like 50 quid a month. So great value. I'd say. Bargain, girl. It's a bargain. I've got to say it's a bargain. <laughs> oh, well, I've enjoyed our time today, Linda. Thank you so much for coming Absolutely. on and sharing your knowledge. And I um, hopefully, um, you know, are you off to do a yoga class now? Actually, I've got to go and get patched now. Yeah. I've okay. got to do the mummy thing now. I've got to do mummy the mummy thing now. And I'm going to go and find teaching and do my one-to-ones and stuff this morning. It's been lovely. I love it. I'm going to go and find some protein. Go and get some protein. You need some protein. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book, and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning, for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances, on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.